0: hey there welcome to atl on 29 the podcast that looks at the nba from the starting point of atlanta georgia my name is kevin Chenard. we're here with james holas Contributor for B-Ball Breakdown, Real Ball Insiders, for which he wrote a story about Dennis Schroeder, and that's where we're going to get started in just a minute. James is also on Twitter as Snotty Drippin, and he's a podcaster for the Bod Pod on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. Thank you for doing this, James. I haven't done a podcast in like three months, so I'm going to be rusty as hell.
1: Dude, you can't be rusty. All we're doing is talking basketball. You're, you're <laughs> going to be great. You're going to be great. I have, I have complete faith in you. And oh, uh, well, okay. thank you chris axman there you go he always he always gets mad at me if i don't shout out the bob pod over at almighty bob podcast network so there you <laughs> go Chris,
0: got out of the way early he's a businessman. Having... yeah
1: thanks for having me on man i appreciate it
0: you're welcome so uh you wrote about dennis Schroeder. uh it's a month month or so back but since i was on hiatus didn't have any chance to uh to mention it at the time but i want to talk about it now what did You know, I'm biased. I write for Hawks.com. I can't I can't hide the fact that I am a shill and I see way too much Hawks and not enough of everybody else. So, you know, you watching some of these other teams, when you look at Dennis Schroeder, what do you see?
1: Uh, I've always had a thing for like the bigger kind of physical fast guards. Um, And that's what we see in Schroeder. never knew what to make of him as a backup. But last year, as a starter, I think he acquitted himself pretty well. He still has a lot of work to his game. Like, he still has to be a better decision maker. But I saw him in the playoffs when he went toe-to-toe with John Wall, and he he almost played him to a standstill. You know, I think Wall averaged, like, 28 and, like, 10 against the uh, Hawks, and your boy Schroeder averaged, like, 25 and 8. And he, like, you know, he, he was actually hitting his threes, and, you know, he's still not, not, not there where he needs to be defensively yet, but he showed that offensively he can go toe-to-toe with one of the best in the NBA um he's young he's fast and you know right now Atlanta's in a transitional period so he's gonna have a lot of opportunities to get you know work on his game I like him a lot
0: you mentioned that uh, he went toe-to-toe with one of the best in John Wall and that's that's actually one of the things I like about Schroeder and I guess it's it's a good thing and a bad thing which is true of just about everything in the world but like you know the thing about him is that he is really really determined stubborn I don't know what you want to call the word So, like, when he plays somebody like Wall, he can do it. And, you know, the thing I noticed about him over the last couple of years is he's taken it really personally, like, every time he's played Steph Curry. (laughs) You -hmm. know, picking him up at half court, you know, putting a lot of on-ball pressure and, like, doing it for a really long period of time. Hmm. Can you think of any other players like that where, you know, who are some other players, like, play to the level of their competition because it seems like he can like amp it up against the best players but he can also you know play down to the level of his competition at times
1: uh i'll say i'll say this derrick rose was big for that and um (laughs) no this is when he was good when derrick like he would really bring it rondo uh even now rondo you get national tv rondo and um Russell russell westbrook rondo
0: is a great example that's perfect
1: yeah, yeah, Rondo was really good for that one. Like, you know, he, he can kind of just kind of float along, and then a big game comes, and he, he's bringing it. And that's funny um, because
0: when Schroeder entered the league, everybody's like, oh, he's the German Rondo.
1: Yes, and I heard that too, and 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 uh, I, I mean I can kind of see it in the athleticism, in the build. You know, he has the kind of coat hanger shoulders and right. kind of long arms, and he's kind of, but he's. I think he's. I think he's faster than Rondo. and I think you know he's a more more explosive offensive player than Rondo ever was. And uh, you know Rondo was in his prime. It was one of the best, and even still is a great passer. And that's just not Schroeder, right? Schroeder's an attacking, score first kind of guard. So yep. I, I see the comparison, but I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not a big Rondo guy now, anyway.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was just, just based on the way they looked and the way yes. they kind of dribbled the ball and stuff, but they do have different games.
1: Very much so. Um, and again, uh, Russell Westbrook's good for that one, too. Like, somebody challenges Westbrook, and he kind of can take it personally, which might not always be good in Westbrook's case. Sometimes he'll overdo it, and he'll end up having a bad game because he's trying too hard. But, um, I, I mean, you like that in your – you know, you should like that in your in your – in your best player and your guards and a guy that's going to be the kind of the face of the franchise, he takes things like that personally and he, he steps up to the challenge. And to me, that's a, that's kind of almost like a lost art with in a very buddy, buddy kind of NBA, which I'm not saying, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, right. I get it. It's, it's how it is. Guys kind of get along and hang out. But like the fact that Schroeder and like wall really seem to have kind of animosity going at each other. I kind of, I like that.
0: Oh, definitely. So I don't know what to make of this Hawks team, to be honest. Like, I look at some of the other teams in the East and I kind of, you know, take the ones that have like zero shooting down a peg just because I think shooting is so important. And it feels like the Hawks have shooting and they have Schroeder. They have, you know, somebody that can create a shot, but I don't know that they have a lot of players that can create a shot. It seems like they're going to put a lot on Schroeder's shoulders in that regard. Uh, What do you think about the Hawks and, you know, what becomes. Important for a team like them if they really have one player who's their primary shot creator and they don't have a lot of others?
1: Uh, I think, okay, the Hawks got to where they are now in a kind of screwy way. Like they could have blown this up a season or two ago. They could have moved Paul Mills after something at the deadline. They could have done a lot of stuff a lot better. Um, you know, same thing with Al Horford. If they were if they were going to do this, they should have done it two summers ago. And, you know, got something for Horford, got something for... So it it, it kind of slows up the rebuild. But I really do like uh, DeAndre Bembry. I really like Tarion Prince. Um, I know is overpaid, but, I mean, it is what it is. You, you know, he, he's there now. And I like Schroeder and uh, the young guy, John Collins. I mean, it... It's a, it's a rebuild. Uh, Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. (laughs) You know, they're not going to be very good this year. They're not going to be very good, but I think they're still going to be interesting. They're going to be fun. Um, And, you know, it's all you can hope for. And, you know, next year drafts to be really strong. Again, versatility is the key, is the key to the modern NBA. That's my drum this summer. Like watch Golden State at the, you know, an extreme example. They got four or five guys that can switch everything and they're long and athletic and they rebound and play defense. And I think Atlanta's going to have that here soon, right? I really, Like I said, it, it, to a much lesser extent. But I, I love Torreon Prince's game. I love Bembry's, uh potential. Uh, Schroeder's a bigger guard. And, you know, I, I think once he, he gets a better handle on the position, he's not like he's going to get dominated by, you know, like, twos and threes. So I, I, I like the fact that there's versatility. And, you know, they clear the decks. They're going to have some cap space. They're going to have – that's not a bad spot to be in.
0: So you mentioned Prince and Bembry. And they are going to, you know, in Baysmore. those those are the guys that are going to be the the secondary creators. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to have that kind of stuff on the wing. They've got Bellinelli, too, who's pretty good with the ball in his hands and eh, without whatever. it. You know, he can, yeah. you know, he could space the floor and do things offensively. Pretty good passer. But their bigs are a lot different than they were last year. You know, last year they had Millsap and uh, Howard. Mm-hmm. This year, you know, who knows if they can get a rebound or not. But, you know, it seems like all of the bigs that they have can shoot. You know, Muscala can shoot, Ilyasova can shoot. I think Babbitt is going to be their, you know, one of their power forwards. Maybe not in the rotation, but he can shoot. Um, I'm forgetting people, but you know, pretty much everybody except for Dwayne Dedman, who's you know hope, should hopefully be a lob threat. You know, everybody out there can shoot. Is that going to change? what Schroeder sees this season.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, but even before you got you had, you know, you had Millsap, you had Moose. But like yeah, the floor should be opened up, you know. Um you got shooters and it's it's a team of even Schroeder, I think is like a second level, third level kind of guy, right? You you want him to be your third best, fourth best kind of player. Right. And then all the rest all the rest of those guys, you know, you got some quality starters, rotation kind of guys. But you just don't have the top-end talent elsewhere, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, you know what? It's gonna almost be like the homeless man version of of Westbrook and his team last year, because Schroeder's not Westbrook, and you know there's I, I don't know who Depot is and who Steven Adams is, but the point is like you're gonna you got this one key guy and you got a bunch of good to de- decent to good pieces around him, and you know it's gonna just be very a very Schroeder-centric offense.
0: So you said something a week ago or so on Twitter, something about shot creators. And, you know, what's what your, you know, I know we've kind of been nagging at this for a couple of minutes now, but, like, what's the right number of shot creators to have on the floor, on the roster? You know, what do you need to have to be successful in the NBA in 2018? Because that's the season we're headed to in a week or so. Uh, what do you need to have on your roster in terms of shot creation?
1: I think that we're in this era of the NBA, you know, where everything is broken down to the molecular level, and it it bothers me because guys like uh, like DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, and guys like even on even Andrew Wiggins. I get it. He's not. He's young. He's not very very efficient. The guy scored 24 points a game last year, and sure he did for a bad team. DeRozan scored 27, almost 28 a game for a good team. Like, but people say that these guys just, you know, oh, well, they don't really they don't really help win. There is something to having a high level shot creator, even a volume score. I don't look. People want to do basketball in a laboratory and I get it. You know, efficiency is what we, we what, you know, every system should strive for basketball anything else. You want to be the most efficient you can. Sometimes you have to trade off efficiency for power. Sometimes you have to have trade off efficiency for production. And that's OK. I, I don't like the fact that that doesn't seem to be OK anymore. Um, and and so there's no ideal number, right? And you know, I, I think Atlanta, we know, is kind of behind the eight ball anyway, as far as talent. But I mean, you know, having guys who can get their own shot is a good thing. Schroeder can go get his own shot, he'll get you 20, 25 if he needs to. That's not like ideal. You know, you probably want more about the 18 to 20, eight, no, I guess the 15 to 18 uh, mark, but he can do it and he's going to do it this year. That's not a bad thing. Um, I so, don't know who else. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I yeah, I just don't know who else is gonna really score for that team. I don't know who, who else is really gonna get buckets. So, but um, no, I guess my, my key point is that I, I it's just so weird how how much people underrate uh, even an inefficient bucket getter because it, it matters, man. It matters. Jamal Crawford, 14 a game on a bunch of shots. It doesn't it, he? He was part of a really good team. You know what I mean? And, and it's it's to the point where I think people are starting to underrate uh, just, like, I guess, you know, scores. So,
0: Is there something that has to go hand-in-hand hand with the shot creation, though? Because, like, the thing that bugs me about Toronto and DeRozan is they're just a dreadful passing team. Like, if you rank them from 1 to 30, like, Toronto is yeah, somewhere in, like, the bottom three in terms of For just sure. how well they move the ball. And, like – Somehow, you you know, even if you're a shot creator, if you're the focal point of the defense and the passing isn't there, it just seems like they can key in on you.
1: So that's the problem with Toronto, I think. I don't think it's the actual players. I think, you know, I think DeRozan and Kyle Lowry both get a bad rap in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, we know there's no real bad teams in the playoffs. That's the point, right? The best sure. of the teams in the playoffs, the better defensive teams in the playoffs. So Toronto runs a very vanilla offense, very ISO dependent. You know, like you just said, it. they don't pass the ball a lot. They kind of just get their guys in the spots they want to get them in and let them do their thing. And it works in regular season. That's fine for regular season. Playoff time comes, and now the scouting reports are out, and now, oh, okay, we'll just slack and let them get, you know. No, they they keen on their primary uh, actions, and there's no real secondary action for Toronto to fall back on. And that's where they mess up in the playoffs. So that's a schematic thing. I don't think it's a player thing. I think you give a coach like, let's say – I don't know, Brad, Brad Stevens, you give him a, a player like DeMar DeRozan, sure, he's not ideal, but he'll put him in positions and and make him be like, he'll make him look like a much more efficient player. Sure. Right? Like, um, yeah, Toronto's problem is schematic. Uh, it just, it's frustrating, man, because, you know, basketball, sure, we all want to push towards 100% in, in a perfect world. <laughs> we'd all be 100%. It's just, that's just not how the world works.
0: I, I'm a little bit worried for Schroeder this season mm-hmm. because I watched a couple of weeks of Schroeder playing for Germany in Eurobasket. And oh he was the, well, I shouldn't say he was the only shot creator because they had a point guard from Colombia named Mauro Lowe, who You know, he graduated a couple of years ago. I think he's playing in Europe. And, you know, he spelled Schroeder and they played some two guard lineups. But really almost everything on that team was shrewder like he would drive and he'd set somebody up for a shot and even half the times that he would set people up for open shots they'd kind of gag and have second thoughts and they'd look around scared and they would give the ball back to him and it just wore the hell out of him like he was just dragging by the end of the games to the point that like it was pretty systematic that his coach would pull him out at, like, the five-minute mark. With five minutes left in the game, he'd sit for a minute just to catch a blow. Right. Is that something to be concerned about? I mean, you you mentioned before that he was big, but he's kind of skinny, and he's not that tall. And I think most of his size, quote-unquote, size is in his arms because he's got a nice wingspan that he uses he for does, all of his yeah. push layups and stuff. Is there, you know, should I be worried about him being, you know, Having the uh what's the word here? Stamina fatigue. is the wrong word, but Yeah. The, no, should the, I, should the, I be worried about just, you know, fatigue breakdown if if he's carrying that much of a load?
1: Yeah, the physical the physical wherewithal, the the, the fortitude, you can call it what you want to call it. And yes, you should, and that's the onus is on Bud and the coaching staff to, you know, keep a close eye on him to make sure they don't do that. Because you're absolutely right, man. As that usage goes up, and the minutes go up. For 82 games, that's a grind, you know. Like that, it makes what Westbrook did so impressive to me, and I think people overlook it. Just the sheer, like, just the sheer force it takes, you know. And he was, he looked just as fresh in game 82 as he did, or game 81 as he did in, you know, game one. That's that's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's something to look out for. But you know, I I trust Coach Bud and his staff to to kind of monitor him. And, you know, he shouldn't be playing 35 men tonight. They're not going to be a good team. You know, I think Russ played 32 or 33 a game last year. I mean, sure. I mean, even if you play him 35, you got to just watch him. You know, there's no reason to grind him to a nub next season.
0: Okay. All right. So Atlanta uh, could be a non-playoff team for the first time in over a decade. I wanted to ask you, Uh, How would you rank some of these mystery teams in the East that I don't really have a good feel for? Like, what is Indiana? What is Chicago? What's Brooklyn? Like, if you were going to rank the non-playoff teams from, let's say, the best non-playoff team to the worst non-playoff team, like, how would you rank these, these East lottery teams? Shh.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so you want to go for like the best odds to the worst odds? Yeah, or, sure. Or, uh, or you
0: you can you can flip it upside opposite. down and start with the worst one and just just give me uh, seven teams that won't make the playoffs from from worst Ooh, to best.
1: Seven, that's tough. Um, so Chicago, that, I think is I think Chicago's gonna be the worst. Okay. Um, I think Chicago just looks like they will be dreadful. Uh, the Nets are gonna be bad, so I think the Nets. I don't. I don't get why people keep saying the Nets might, you know, have the fifth or sixth worst record. They're going to be bad, man. They're going to be bad.
0: I. I'm one of those people. I'm. I have to confess. I think the reason I'm looking at it. I know a lot of people say Jeremy Lin, and you know others say that you know Lopez is gone, so watch out for that. But I watched some Brooklyn games last year. They didn't have, you know, until Lavert kind of caught on late in the season. They didn't have any functional NBA wings, and you know, yeah, with Lavert. Yeah blossoming. They brought in Carroll, they brought in uh Crab from Portland. They're good. Mm-hmm. that should be three wings after really starting the season with like no one who should have been an NBA wing last season. So
1: So so let me ask you this though, what, what how does does that is that enough to offset the loss of uh Brook Lopez? Cuz he was big for him last year.
0: Yeah, but he was like he was like a square peg in a round hole that kind of did well, even though he wasn't really supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Like Very he didn't true. fit that offense at all, anyways. I mean, they just kind of plugged him out in the corner and said, you know, Brook shoot. And he had a marvelous shooting season. He didn't rebound all that well. That's kind yeah, of yeah, was
1: like I think five and a half or six rebounds a game. It's oh, pretty low. Yeah,
0: there was one game where, where you know Brooklyn came to town and and Dwight had fourteen rebounds at half, and I Brook had either zero or one. I mean, it was. You know, part of that is his role in the offense. He's not going to get any offensive rebounds because he's so far from the hoop. But like, he didn't get any defensive rebounds either. I, I don't know. You know, I think they're better off with someone like Trevor Booker, anyways. You know, just a little more motion in in Atkinson's offense, a little more. Defensive uh, I guess, mobility, dude. It's switch, like, things like that.
1: They're not going to be a good defensive team, no matter. No. no. Like having a a real NBA player in there who can give you twenty a night. That. I get it. He's not ideal. He wasn't ideal, but I mean, that matters, man. And like you know, I think Crab was a 12 point per game scorer last year. We know that D'Angelo can play and score a little bit, but we don't know. You know, I, I don't know. He, it's it's really tough. So you don't think they're going? Where do you think Brooklyn's going to fall? Let's say the pick. Where's that pick going to land next year? And just as far as a lottery odds wise, not I mean, actually, it, of
0: course. If it was me, I mean, I think I think Orlando's going to be worse than Brooklyn.
1: That's a good call because Orlando's been perpetually bad, and that front office has been atrocious, and this new guy, I hope he gets it together. Right. I mean, okay. I,
0: I believe in some of the people they're bringing in. I mean, I think that they're going in the right direction with um, John Hammond from Milwaukee. I mean, Hammond didn't build a title team in Milwaukee, but he made some some good decisions. He drafted some of the right players. Um, I, I guess. Mean, I, I, I mean, I think he'll do better than what was there before. I think they made some pretty bad decisions in the past.
1: Yeah. How long was Hammond in, in uh, Milwaukee?
0: He was there a while. I mean, he so was I mean, there. like
1: you're. That's the thing, right? Like, sure, he struck goal with Giannis, but he was there for a while, and he did some bullshit. Excuse oh, sure, the language, you oh, know. Sure. So,
0: I mean, a part of it, a lot of the, I think a lot of the decisions kind of fell out of his. It's ownership. His they wanted to make the playoffs. Right. So I get it. They they, they, right. they
1: were they were pushing him to make the playoffs, so he and had there to were kind things of sign like those the Bogut guys.
0: Trade where I think Bogut kind of said, you know, trade me, right? And so he, you know. Kind of, You don't get the full return on someone like that when, number one, they're injured, and number two, they're saying, get me out of town. And so you get Montelus and Epe Udo. So, you know, I, I think he's a pretty good talent evaluator. I think they'll draft better than, than they did in past years. But I just look at that Orlando team, and it's like there's not a lot of shooting. There's not a, a lot of defense in the middle. I just don't trust that team at all. I think Brooklyn can be better than them.
1: Okay, okay.
0: What about uh, what about Indiana? Do you think Indiana's better than Brooklyn?
1: Um, Indiana, yes. Because they do again, Ola Depot's not great, you know, but I think he's shown he's an NBA player. He's, you know. Uh same thing with a guy like Thad Young. And same thing with, you know Yeah, Indiana's gonna be better than them. They they have a, a roster full of NBA players and my only thing with them is a coach. I don't like the coach at all. That was just that I don't know what they're doing in Indiana. So I think t- <laughs> talent wise sure i i don't know man they're they're kind of a mess
0: all right what about i i don't you're going to have to tell me who you consider the the teams that aren't playoff teams what do you think of philadelphia and detroit
1: uh philly's full of talent and i, I hear all the, the playoff noise but you got to crawl before you walk before you run and they haven't even crawled yet so philly should not be a playoff team detroit should sneak in at the bottom end so detroit's not going to i think detroit with uh you know a, a clean slate Healthy Reggie. They showed a couple years ago that they can do that. So I think they're going to kind of get back to that level. So, yeah, they're in. Detroit's in.
0: Right. And that the thing about Detroit is, like, they might make the playoffs just because...
1: The East is that bad.
0: The East is bad, and they're kind of desperate to get in. They're not really built for the future. They're built for now.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of and- teams are desperate to get in. They still got to get there. And I think Detroit has the talent, too. I really like okay. the Avery Bradley signing. I mean, uh, trade. I, mean, I really... Like I think Tobias Harris is one of the most underrated players in the league. You All know right. he's not great, but the fact that he just kind of a, you know he's an afterthought sent to Detroit. I like Tobias Harris a lot, so I think they get in.
0: Yeah. See, he was a he was a Hammond pick. I love that Hammond pick. I just thought they didn't use him right. Oh, Skiles man, such... crushed him. Yeah. <laughs> Skiles crushed that poor soul. And right. I I don't think he's been. I don't know. I don't think he's been used right he... in his career yet. He's basically a point forward. And I think they're everybody- doing a good
1: job in Detroit. They just need to they need to stop. Uh, you know, he's not he's probably best at, at power forward now, you know, in, in the modern NBA. Right. But, yeah, they definitely should stuff for him in Detroit. He's probably their best. Like, you know, he's one of their best players.
0: OK, so. All right. So let's count up these lottery teams here. You've given me Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Chicago, yep. Indiana. Orlando. Mm-hmm. We need two more. I you're going to have to pick them out of Charlotte, oh, Miami, man. Milwaukee. Oh, wait, wait. We have the New York Knicks. Knicks are How did I team. miss them? Yeah, they're a lottery team. Are they okay, are they better or worse than the Nets?
1: Um <laughs> they should definitely be better. Mm-hmm. They should, but I mean, when have the Knicks done what they should do? So <laughs> Just having Porzingis and Carmelo, I think they should be better. If, what they, if they don't have Melo? I was just going to say if they move Melo as they should, uh, they're definitely going to be one of the worst teams in the East. They're going to be bad, dude. Look at that roster. You know, Frank Nicotine, what I call him. He's a rookie. Uh, they just signed what was it, Ramon Sessions and like Jared Jack, I think. What? What? Did, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever.
0: <laughs> Building 2011's best team.
1: It's it's just amazing. That team is so dysfunctional, man. I would I I almost want the NBA to step in and do something about that team, man. That's how bad it is. Seriously. It's this is ridiculous. This is gonna be what? This is gonna be Porzingis' third year.
0: I just realized that your your name is like two letters different than James Dolan's name.
1: I swear I will <laughs> hang up on this podcast right now.
0: I will <laughs> slam I will. Alright, so all right, so I'm a, have, a, what a, was our count? count? I think we've so got, I got six now, right? So we got, got,
1: I got Brooklyn, Philly, Orlando, Knicks, um, Chicago, Indiana, Chicago, Chicago, and Pacers in Atlanta. So there, that should be enough, right? All
0: right, that's seven. Yeah, that's seven.
1: So and I think Atlanta's gonna be in the middle of that pack. They're not gonna be the worst, right? Uh, they, they, I, I, look, I'm, I'm really optimistic about teams like Atlanta. Again, versatility. They're young. They're gonna play hard. Uh, Coach Bud has shown that he can really get guys to buy in. They're gonna play hard. They're gonna lose a lot of games, but I don't think they're gonna be worse than Chicago. They're not gonna be worse than Brooklyn. They're not gonna be worse. They shouldn't be worse than the Knicks. Like I said, I think, and, and I'm factoring in the fact that Melo should be should be traded. It'd be cool if Melo came out really motivated, and him and Porzingis like worked together, and they looked good. You know what I mean? So that'd right. be cool. But I I just don't know how that what's gonna happen there. So yeah, Atlanta's gonna be. Uh, I mean, and look, everything can break just right for Atlanta, and they somehow grab the eighth seed. I doubt it, you know, but I, I like the talent. I really do like the talent they have there. I might just suck it up because you're in, you're an Atlanta guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think they have the world's greatest roster. It just seems like the pieces kind of fit together almost like, almost like Bud's first year. Like, and of course they had Horford and they had Millsap, so it was completely different. But completely
1: Horford, different. Horford
0: was hurt, so that there's one. And he
1: did, is that when he uh, tore the Peck? Yeah. and he was out for like yeah? A season? So they okay.
0: they didn't really have Horford. They have Millsap, um, who is
1: awesome. Let me let me, explain, let me say something to you as an Atlanta guy. You're an Atlanta guy. I'm a Celtics guy. The whole even when you had Horford and Paul Millsap, I said that I think I I was saying I think Paul Millsap and Al Horford were the most versatile uh, front court in the league. Sure. And and the most underrated players, I love both of those guys, man. They just did everything, and it sucks that you know people didn't really tune in and watch Atlanta play because both of those, <laughs> no, and let's no, be real, they didn't. Yeah, That's people didn't true. watch. But Paul Millsap to me is one of the most underrated players in the league. We know that Al Horford gets no credit for anything from anybody, and it sucks because both those guys are such talented basketball players. They they really have like no flaws in their game, no holes, no gaping holes. We know, uh, you know, Horford's not a strong rebounder. But other than that, you know, they can do everything on the floor. Both those guys can pass. They can, they can def, they can defend or when they need, when called upon both, you know, it was just amazing. You know, you guys had like what? Eight strong years of Al Horford, nine years, Mm -hmm. 10. So that was like, you know, I hope Atlanta fans really, really embraced like the, you know, the, the talent they had there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if, you know, 15 years from now, if if Horford gets his number retired by the Hawks because he was here for nine years. And, you know, the 60 win was- team is like the most successful team in franchise history after the move from St. Louis. So.
1: And you can tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I guess there was probably rumbles and, you know, I read something about him not maybe being the happiest. But the point is he was a, he was a dutiful soldier. He went out there and did everything asked to him. He did it at a high level, you know, and yeah,
0: and I, commanded all kinds of uh, respect from his peers in the locker room.
1: That's a thing. I, I love that guy, man, and like even, like he's in Not just because he's in Boston now, but you know, I think he's really, really underappreciated even by the general, you know, the NBA fans. Why he's in Boston? People tell me, oh, Horford's overpaid, and he's he's the Dominican Carlos Boozer. I'm like, you don't you oh. don't know anything oh. about basketball. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. oh no, oh no, no, don't say that. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. better than Carlos. All right. So you're gonna have to, I, I don't even know what question to ask here, but something was happening on Twitter right, the other let's day. Just, let's just talk about it. And so I it. think gonna, it I'm was gonna, you said something to the effect. I'm gonna of, dive in. I'm you, gonna dive you're in. Gonna, All right, I'll take, just let you do it. Take it.
1: Okay. And and this is this is what we did this with Anthony Davis, right? They made the playoffs and in the off season, there was ten thousand articles about how he's gonna be a top five player at the end of that the next season. Right? They missed the playoffs and people started tearing him apart carl anthony towns looked amazing as a rookie so guess what happened that next summer he's gonna be a top 10 player at the end of the next <laughs> season and they, and there's they're breaking down his his you know his advanced numbers and his shooting great he's still a good player but guess what happens you know they didn't win 50 whatever so this year it's 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 nikolai was it was nikolai nikolai Jokic.
0: Nikola Jokic, yeah. Nikola,
1: Sorry, Nikola. <laughs> Sorry guys. Sorry, Nuggets fans.
0: You're gonna I'm... you're gonna infuriate Jokic I Hive. Don't, I
1: don't give a damn. <laughs> so I get it, man. I get it. He was installed into the, you know, I mean, this is this is I know this ad nauseum. He was installed into the starting lineup, and the team became the best offense by offensive rating in the NBA That's three quarters of the season. Uh he's such a wondrous passer. He makes everybody better. Look at his true shooting percentage, 65%. I get it. He is a really, really, really good young player. Really, really good young player. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't defend, which your big man has to do. And that's – even who love him say they, they admit that he needs to work on that. He wasn't in good shape. He couldn't even play 30 minutes a game last year, and you could you know he was kind of doughy, and that's that's another thing people talk about. That's good. They at least own up to these things. So uh, the Nuggets, you know, were in playoff contention kind of late in the season. They missed the playoffs, and somehow, Jokic now is considered like, you know, I think Bleacher Report or whatever, it's maybe Sports Illustrated, they had the they had their rankings, and they ranked him the 16th best. You know, they ranked him the 16th player in the NBA.
0: Yeah, that's high.
1: ahead of guys ahead of guys like Dame Lillard, ahead of guys like uh, Mark Gasol, ahead of like bona fide All Stars who have been in the playoffs multiple years and All NBA players. Somehow. This, this kid, because of his advanced numbers and the, the true shooting percentage and how his his net on-off rating, somehow this kid become – this is what I hate about you know, these kind of discussions, because there's no way this kid is 16. I said he was overrated. And people say, oh, why do you hate him? Why is he bad? <laughs> and I said, listen, if I take the 20th best player in the NBA, which is obviously good, and I say he's the fifth best player in the NBA – Guess what I just did? I overrated him. Sure, he's a good player, and I so that's what's going on with Jokic, and it just it just it just drives me nuts. And and, and it's 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 like it's a groundhog's day because guess what's going to happen this season? Paul Millsaps in Denver now, who is I think, which who by by the way, you know, it was an All Star last year, but somehow was ranked lower than than Jokic.
0: Um, he put that on his Instagram too. Who did Millsap? Good. He he Good. took the play. He took the picture of him in the Wizards playoff series where he was kind of scrunching his face and rubbing his chin and looking confused because somebody mm-hmm. somebody relayed a uh, a Morris twin quote to him and, and it upset him. And so he took that picture and put it on his Instagram when he was uh, peeved about the NBA rank for him, <laughs>
1: you know, and so like the fact that there's people who say, oh, well, there are people who try to say he's a top 10 player already. And my point is he – I get it. The number this, – these advanced stats look great and the on-off. And he did nothing last year. He did nothing. They won they won like, what, 38, 40 games. They missed the playoffs. What are, we, what are we elevating them for? I don't get it. You it's know what I mean? People,
0: it's because people want to lead the parade. They want to be a year ahead and, they and want then to be say, to I it. told you so. Look, he's good. See, I told you he was going to be good.
1: It's the NBA hipster in people. And <laughs> what kills me is the fact that when I don't join in – I just get like besieged with people saying, "Well, if and it and it's funny because they all parrot the exact same talking points. Well, if you look at the true shooting percentage. Well, if you look at the net on off. Look at how every player shot better, had a better true shooting percentage with him on the floor. And I'm like, dude, you're you're just you're just regurgitating the same things that Matt Moore and and all these really you know smart good. I get it, I get it. He's the he's the flavor of the month, but just let him earn his his stripes, man. Let him just do it to the point where everyone says. Cause look, my guy C J Miles, he came on our podcast over at the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, and uh, talked with us. And he, you know, we talk on Twitter sometimes. And even he was like, "Yeah, the young boy is good. He's not that good. People just love the the, the new shiny thing." Sure. You know. You know. And that's that's fine. But just it just it's really just it's so aggravating, man. It's just let him earn his let him earn his stripes. That's all.
0: I hear you. I, I do think he, you said he wasn't in shape. I think he's in shape. Cause like, now I, he is.
1: No, now he is. No, oh, last okay. Year, but last year he wasn't. No, yeah, last year he wasn't. That's why he only played, like, I think he only played 28, 29 minutes a game. And, like, they, people, you know, the Denver people say it. He just wasn't in great shape. Um. Oh, and what I said on Twitter was. I thought that and this was,
0: was, was, was Nurkic.
1: No. It, what, wasn't in shape? Yeah. Oh, neither one was.
0: In shape. Yeah, he wasn't think, in great shape. I think I his minutes were low just because at the beginning of the season he was the backup. And Nurkic oh. was kind of the out of shape starter. Yeah, he
1: was never. I, well, if I'm wrong, Denver people yell at me. That's fine. I, he wasn't in great shape like um, last <laughs> year. Like he's he's what, worked what? hard
0: because I I remember like when I was writing about the Bucks, I was like uh-huh. the Bucks should draft him. Like they had they had second round picks. They had three second round picks, and I was like, hey, you know, this is this is somebody they should be drafting. And He was. You say he was doughy, like he was fifty pounds heavier then than he is <laughs> now he was he was chunky but you could see the skill in his game it's like that's
1: fine man i get it he's great he's skilled whatever i, just, I don't
0: think he's number 16 in the league but you could see the passing which i think passing is a skill that's kind of overrated i mean you need it but see at the same and that's, time, where, you me can't agree, and that's where i
1: got that's where i got yelled at by you know some people like oh this skill that you know is a, a vital part of the game is overrated and you're too cool to care about i said it's just look guys i i if my big man's giving me 25 and 12 and give me five assists, that's great. If he's giving me 17 and 10 and five assists and doesn't play defense, it's not that great. Like, if I, I'm, we just watched Chris Paul, who's, you know, the the, the quote-unquote greatest point guard of his generation or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, he's in the playoffs, and sure, Blake Griffin got hurt. But on the other side, Rudy, Rudy uh, Gobert got hurt. We just watched the Utah system beat Chris Paul at his own game. They passed the ball, move the ball, find open players, and they made shots. I, I, that's why to me, passing like having a, a quote-unquote great great vision guy is kind of overrated, because you could like you you can your scheme can can do that. You don't need a guy to dominate the ball and and, and make these great passes. You just don't need that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Okay, that's just me. <laughs> So my thing was, should, yeah, my thing. Should I mention how Embiid fits into this?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that was what I, I was going to say. That so I just just to make a point, I think somebody was saying how, oh, you don't, you know, you don't really buy into to to Jokic, but you're all in on Embiid after 31 games, and I said, well, it's different because it's not I, with Embiid. It's I, I, I'm not saying he's not good. I just don't really he, he doesn't blow me away. I mean, not with the beat with Jokic, uh, but with Embiid, if you just watch Embiid play. Two games. You just watch him. You think that guy. If, if somebody just put you in front of him as a basketball fan, what watch him play? You would say he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. You would just say, I, I, you, would, you'd say, I've he'd do two, or three things. You said that I haven't seen anybody do that except for guys like you know David Robinson and and Wilt and what. That's a Embiid is just to me head and shoulders a different kind of talent than Jokin. and that's just Can't comprehend that. Oh, but the passing and the offensive rating and look at him beats true shooting percentage. I said, I don't <laughs> give a damn about that. I don't give a damn. It's just, I mean, in tw- like 24 minutes a game, the guy averaged like 20 and 8. That's, and that's, and I get it. People are like, oh, he was just gunning. I don't care because he was making them. He was, he was gunning was because he's out there with
0: D leakers.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and guess what? When, and they, like, sure, you could say the, you know, we'll look at offensive rating and net rating for Jokic look at Embiid. They played like a playoff team with Embiid on the floor. Right. He just couldn't stay healthy, and it sucks. But, I mean, I, I don't have to say he has to play 80 games to be the better player. On court, as a basketball player, he's head and shoulders above all the other young guys. I think Carl Anthony Towns, he's better than all those guys. The only the question, that's the only question, it's a big question. Health is the big question. And, you know, people just don't seem to, well, I mean, he needs to do it for longer. You tell me that after 20 games of Embiid, Teams didn't have film and, and they weren't game they weren't like, you know, they do film work. You tell me they, they still were surprised, but no, he just he's that good. So whatever. Um, yeah, so I I made the comment. I said, if you could guarantee me six years of health for Embiid, I would take that over 12 years of, of Jokic, and people lost their minds. <laughs> but I, I just think a player like Embiid, you you give me six cracks with him to put a team around him. I think at a better time to get to the finals and actually winning it because he's that good. Then you put a bunch of guys around, you know, Jokic, and he gives you six, seven assists, and you know, whatever. So
0: I'm with you. I mean, you, you, when I watch him be the player he reminds me of is is Shaq. Just like the footwork at that size, it's like breathtaking. And it's like
1: Shaq, but he shoots threes. It's That's exactly.
0: Great. He, and he doesn't like- have the sheer physicality, but but it's he still close. has pivot play and he has the footwork to do it and he can shoot and he can play defense it's like my goodness
1: he chased down LeBron James to put his <laughs> put his, his his shot through on the glass you know what i mean <laughs> this guy is like 7 foot 3 and doing stuff like that and that's why like it's so funny to me that i call them them tm the guys you know the people who are so analytics driven they are just talking to me about numbers and true shooting percentage and on off i said just watch both of these guys play Right. And Embiid is just like a kind of guy. You you literally can't do anything with this guy by himself with shooters. Whatever, with Jokic, he he had the advantage of playing with a guy like uh, uh, Gallinari, who averaged like 19 a game last year. Wilson Chandler averaged like 14 to 15 a game last year, and he's one of the best one-on-one scorers in the game. They had guys like um, you know Gary Harris, which no one talks about. That offense turned around when they installed Jokic as a starter? Sure. I think December 12th or 15th, that's the day everybody points at. Guess what Guess what day that also was? That's the day Gary Harris came back from an injury, and he'd only played like five games up to that point. He just missed like 10 or 12 consecutive games. He came back and was back in the starting lineup that day, and he was a big part of why that team turned around too. Nobody says that, of course, because it, ta- it takes away from the narrative of, of Jokic did everything. He didn't. Gary Harris. Gary Harris – Harris averaged like 15, 3 and 3 last year, which doesn't sound like much, but like that's that's quality production from, you know, a a, a young two guard. And he shot like 40% from three, you know, above forty percent from three. So like it don't just tell me, oh, well, they put Jokic in the starting lineup and everything changed. Well, they also got their starting two guard back. You know what I mean? Like that that matters. But nobody talks about that. So um, yeah, it's just it's they're two different kind of players and I get it. I I said this. He'll 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 be a multiple time all star him being Jokic and he's gonna you know he's he's gonna be a good player. I, I I so I'm gonna ask you this question. When's the last time you saw a team built around a pass first big man who doesn't defend that was a contender?
0: Well I think the 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 scary words you said there are that doesn't defend. No. And I think he's a pretty good defender, but you're right. He's not He's, or, not an, he's not an impact defender. Like he's he's not
1: he's not a turnstile. But the point is, he just doesn't have the foot speed. Right. So sure, he can use the size around the rim and you know be big, and that's not that's good. But you get him out in space, and he has a little trouble.
0: Right. So I mean, he's yeah. he's a little bit Kevin Love-ish.
1: Yes, that's a good good one. And way to put Kevin,
0: it. you know, Kevin Love won a championship two seasons ago. So and he wasn't the best player, but he sure played a big part. And so you know, he can be an impact player, but. You know Embiid can be, you know, the first option. Whereas for Jokic to win something, he's gonna have to be like a second option.
1: Yeah, uh, somebody tried to tell me that he could be the first because one game he had forty. You know, against the Knicks, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> against, there's... against. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, yeah, somebody, somebody. my really. Res- <laughs> Look, somebody I really respect, and you know, they were like, their point was, I was really dubious too until you know, can't take over games, and that's why I'm giving you know, have, go for forty against the Knicks. I'm like, dude, they they're playing. <laughs> Kylo Quinn and like the corpse of Kim Noah. And, oh. you know, and my boy Porzingis, as good as he is, he's not, a, he hasn't been an impact defender yet either. I can say that, you know. So don't give me, he gives the Knicks 40. Yo. Who cares about that? Whatever. So.
0: All right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to say on it. Jokic is a very good player. He is going to be a future all star. He is still, at this moment, being overrated. That's all I'd say about it.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, an easier question. What did you think of the Nike uniform release out in Los Angeles? Which they did on like a Friday night. So like I think a lot of people didn't see it or overlooked it. But there were some interesting ones because these are the third sort of alternate. They had a fancy name for it. But basically they've got the home and away. And then they revealed this set of 30 what I would call third jerseys, like the alternate jerseys.
1: What do they call them? They call them uh Nike Oof. Impact jerseys? What is it? I don't know, whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, Impact or Revolution or, or, I don't know. Something I don't like know. that. I, I lost there. track. I, I'm not good at keeping track, but you know, these were sort of the non-standard jerseys. Um, oh, boy. Uh wh- so like? they
1: look they look as if they're like if, if there was a non-licensed NBA game, these are the jerseys that people would wear. And instead of being like the Raptors, it'd be like okay. the dinos. Instead of the Houston Rockets, it'd be like the Texas, you know, spaceships. But these are the jerseys they would wear, you know, the right colors and just a little bit off. Um,
0: the statement jerseys, uh, okay, yeah. We, just, there you go, statement. Sorry, um, I missed that one.
1: No, 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 and some of them are some of them are pretty nice. I like the Sixers one. Um, I, I like the classic kind of Orlando Wait, pinstripes. I
0: have to stop you on the Sixers one. Okay. Spike asking, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or not. Spike, Spike's my guy. Yep. He pointed out something very important, which is that. The front of the Sixers uniform is in cursive, mm-hmm. and somehow they made the X distinct, so there are two lines, and it kind of looks like it's Slicksers. It looks like there's an L in there or something. Oh, Odd.
1: I'm looking at it right now, and I can. It's with this cursive, and the eye comes up, and like is right, okay. See, whatever. when you make
0: a cursive eye, and you go into the X, it's supposed to come into the top of the X, and they yeah, just kind of fudged around, and then went into the bottom of the X, and they left two lines. Look, don't
1: you don't ruin this for me, dude. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Don't ruin it for me. I'm going. To, I like the stickers, All right, damn it.
0: I, I like the color scheme. Yes, I agree. I, even the font. I, I think that's a nice uniform.
1: So, if the designer of the Oregon Ducks uh, uniforms was on acid, he would make the Minnesota Timberwolves uniform?
0: It's a bright lime green. It's, it's it is the most
1: disgusting thing I've ever seen. Except, Atlanta had a uniform kind of like this a couple years ago, didn't they?
0: No, they've... they've... Yeah. Did they? I don't think
1: yes. they did. Yes, the Hawks oh, had oh, some oh, kind oh. of neon. Don't, be, don't BS me.
0: You threw me off a little bit because I was thinking like the newfangled stuff, but that's the throwback to the '70s uniform.
1: Whatever, it was that, hideous.
0: That's Pete Maravich's uniform.
1: It was absolutely. It was a. It looked like somebody vomited up. Uh, <laughs> you know, somebody ate ate a, ate a highlighter and then vomited all over the shirt. <laughs> um, I really like the. I like the the jazz. It's kind of like it's just really clean and kind of really just kind of plain. Um, I kind of like the. I, nah, the Golden State one looks stupid. I like the neck.
0: Okay so Golden the State. Golden State one what they did is they they it says the town on it which is a reference to Oakland and uh-huh. then they took like some Oakland oak logo, tree yeah which is like yeah it's like this uh stylistic oak tree kind of with intertwined branches
1: Yeah it looks really cool it looks like 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 the game of thrones the uh, the trees in game of thrones like the knowledge trees yeah
0: Right yeah, I like that one. That was one of my favorites.
1: I just don't like that it's all black and then the neck is yellow. I think it looks cheesy. I think okay. they should have done the arms yellow too then, the armholes. Um Kings is cool. Very, very just clean and basic. Uh, I don't like the Portland Fire Engine Red with the black stripe. I'm not a fan.
0: That's not going to show well on TV.
1: Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, the Thunder, again, it looks like a video game one. Ooh. It says OKC okay, and Big on the – it's not bad. There's not one of the worst. I like that one
0: just because what they did, I thought it kind of, it seems more like an earthquake than Thunder, but they kind of split the OKC letters so that it kind of looks like it's broken in half, kind of like they get sliced. I, I mean, it kind of makes Thunder mean something, which really it doesn't and it shouldn't. And it's kind of just a bad name for a team. But if you are going to name your team Thunder, it seems kind of like a good representation of it.
1: I'll take it. I mean it's I it's know. it's not horrible. It's not there's worse, you know, it's not horrible. Um I don't like the calves. I think the calves looked really cheesy. Uh I like the Bulls and their classic kind of just black and you know black
0: with uh, the red numbers. Fine. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah,
1: that's fine. Um uh, the Bucks is kind of cool. I like the giant yeah. buck on the front. And know. I like
0: the way they kind of stick the jersey number like up in the antlers. Like it's a real small jersey number, but crap. just kinda crap. I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah. it kind of just blends in.
1: All right. Okay. I uh, the, like the Heat. Just kind of, you know, just the very – I like the clean one. I, like I, see, I, I see I'm liking the cleaner jerseys. The Brooklyn one's weird because they have B-K-L-Y-N, and that's not like the abbreviation for Brooklyn or anything. They kind of just made something up, it seems like. It
0: seems kind of fake. So you yeah. mentioned the Heat one, and – I'm looking at the Knicks one. Why does it look like the Knicks uniform is like an alternate heat uniform? It
1: does. Like it. like I was just going to say that. And that color scheme for the Knicks looks like trash. I don't like that. The white with the the letters are like white with, the, you know, I guess with red trim or whatever. I don't, it looks like I don't know.
0: something Tim Hardaway Sr. would wear like when he was on the heat.
1: Yeah. these Again, like I said, this is like if they made a, you know, a video game. They just couldn't get the license sent. It said, all right, we'll make the teams just like the regular team to call them something else. You know. The Tinsel uh, pond, or instead of the Lakers, and so uh, yeah, the Raptors is cool. So, like, if you want to say the best, um, I like the Kings, kind of Orlando, um, Brooklyn's is actually nice. I just don't like the, the 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 abbreviation and the Bucks. The Bucks are really unique. I like that one. Uh, the Hawks isn't bad. It's just, they're just not really great.
0: It's basically like they have you know white for a home and black for a way or vice versa, whatever mm. that's going to be. And this is basically just the red version. Like nothing right. really changes. It's just a different. just a third color.
1: Right. Yeah. Minnesota needs to go back to the drawing board.
0: <laughs> that's, uh,
1: if, if, if everyone go find this, you know, there's, you go to NBA.com, you can all the pictures and Minnesota is just like, it's really neon green. It says Minnesota, in really small letters across the chest it has like uh white piping. And then the, like up by the neck, it has like a, a blue thick blue kind of collar it's really weird it's so, not good. yeah they're not gonna good.
0: end up playing in those on like somebody's yellow court and it's just gonna be a visual disaster yeah that's like, just not the clippers uniform still sucks like clippers, clippers does suck that's that whole it's just so boring the logo and it's basically just a black uniform with their crappy logo on it it's just it's it's not good
1: then yeah the little lc logo they have lac logos not they need to rework
0: that they just gotta start over
1: Yeah, that's not. I I really like the jazz though. I think the more I look at Rodney Hood and the jazz, I I like that one.
0: Yeah, that one has a style to it. All right. What do you think?
1: Who's what? Just give me your best and worst real quick.
0: I like that Oakland one, the the Nuggets one. I like that they put in that Denver skyline with in the style of their old jerseys that had a skyline. Yeah, that's not bad. They did white on yellow, so it's kind of hard to see it. Yeah, I wish they'd put a little color in that. Yeah. I like, like if the they did Kings, a, if they, okay. if,
1: they, if they did if they did the throwback Denver like the rainbow color oh, on top of that, I'd
0: be going crazy. That'd be dope. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so then the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. So like when Millsap signed with the Nuggets, like for some reason they they when he did the signing and they bring out the jersey and they say, "Look, here's his new jersey." They did it with the rainbow jersey, which was just like an extra knife in the back because like oh he's gonna wear that great jersey and yeah he's oh that's right he's not gonna be in atlanta this year either because he's fun like
1: he's so fun dude he's so good
0: he's such a he's such a subtle person like he's not out there digging for attention but just like his sense of humor is just it's just great like he's just he'd just kill you and you'll realize like two minutes later that he was just digging at you and yeah, I like I like him a lot, just, man. He's he's, he's
1: one of those players every every team would be so much better if they had him.
0: Yes, and that's the thing, you know, I'm a little bit worried for you with Jokic, because Milsap might make him look good. Because he's like the right player to put next to. him. But, you
1: know what? I I said that this also kicked off the Firestorm when people said, What is something that, what's what are you least looking forward to next season? And I said Paul Milsap being so good in Denver, but like, you know, this is like like Milsap getting all the credit for them improving. You know, no, no, I said, I said, I said, everyone stepping over Paul Millsap like AI stepped over Tyron Lue, to give Jokic the credit for their improvement, even though they just signed an All Star. That's true. You know what I mean? And it's gonna be it's so annoying. <laughs> that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the story, you know? Because he's look, Jokic's gonna be better, and he's, he's gonna be he good, is. and team's gonna be better. But instead of saying, oh, they brought in an All Star and they got a full year of Gary Harris, they're gonna be it's gonna be oh, look what Jokic's doing, and it's gonna be so annoying.
0: That will be annoying. So, All right. Well, thank you for this. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. You got anything you want to plug besides um, your Schreiter piece? Go to go read what uh, James wrote at Real Ball Real- Insiders. If you Google Real Ball Insiders and Dennis Schroeder, you'll find it.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one, dude. It started off as just a, a look at Atlanta and as I was look, the more I looked at it, and looked at it, I just it turned into a very sh- a shrewder piece because I mean, he is, you know, he's the best player on the team this year and it's gonna be fun to watch him. So yeah, that one's good. Um nothing. I am so I'm actually lazy and my, my editor over at Bball Ball Breakdown be yelling at me because I'm way behind.
0: It's September. It's September. I mean Yeah, we
1: got we got we got stuff to do. I'm supposed to be writing, I've been I've been BSing so. But um yeah, just check me out. Check out bballbreakdown.com. check out realballinsiders.com. and Check out me and Chris Axman and Dave Dufour and the rest of the gang over at Almighty Baller Podcast Network for the bot pod where we just kind of talk crap. So um, fun stuff.
0: Well, thank you very much. And uh I'll I'll be watching for your Nikola Jokic takes going forward.
1: Um, I think I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to bow out, dude, because people <laughs> yell at me too much. And so so no, hold on. This is the last time I'll say on Jokic. Guys, he is going to be an all-star this year. I am all in on him being a Hall of Famer. It's a bonus. The real, like the real Sabonis, Arvidas has nothing on him. He's gonna be the next Bill Walton. I'm in. <laughs> I'm all
0: in. All right. Well, there you go. You got your base covered now. All right. Have a good night, Lights, man. Bye, baby.
1: All right, bro. Thanks for having me on.
0: See ya.